evening, everyone, and welcome to Eddie's podcast. This is a special Delta Sigma Pi edition where we will be interviewing candidates for Delta Sigma Pi Grand Office. And today we have a super special guest, someone I've known pretty much my entire Delta Sigma Pi career. Um, her name is Stacy Jordan, and she is a candidate for the Northeastern PVP. Stacy. Are you with us today? How are you doing? I'm doing great, Eddie. Yes, we have known each other for a long, long time. I tell people uh, in, in the Northeast, how do you know the people in the South? I said, well, when you lived in the South for a long, long time, um, especially Carrie Burns' team, I know all of them um, from being a, a collegiate uh, in the case of uh, Amy King, who's the Mid-Atlantic RVP. I knew her uh, because she lived in D.C. and was a DD for me. So it's, you know, you know, being in the fraternity almost 28 years, you, you have relationships throughout, um, you know, the country. And so it's great to get the opportunity to talk to you. It's always cool. I think that gold and purple thread that kind of, even though we're different and diverse, um, and, and I love that about Delta Sigma Pi is the, the diversity, the membership reflects. Um, but whenever you meet someone and you may not know them, but you have that in common. And if you did the Delta SIG experience, you have a lot in common and it just really um, jumpstarts things. And I've had many opportunities so far in my life post collegiate where I've made friends from Delta Sigma Pi and, um, you know, not going through chapters or, or through uh, um, Congress, but um, those people have made much more an impression in my life. So um, you're running for PVP. That's something new. Um, yes, uh, this is actually the second time I've run for PVP in the Northeast. I ran in 2013. Uh, so this is my second opportunity, uh, having served as a regional vice president previously and just uh, spent the last six years of being a trustee. Um, I uh, had some time over this past summer really to think about uh, where I wanted to to do next in my fraternity experience. And then I think that, you know, from my um, years of service, uh, really I've been in um, either, you know, some type of volunteer role since 2001 that I can bring uh, that experience to the board of directors. And every time I've been at an event, I, I think you've been at every um, grand chapter of Congress, um, you know, except for the, the one right after you were initiated. So I've seen your face at every one and um, whether it's foundation or you doing something else, you're always doing something. And uh, you've been an incredible uh, volunteer and worker bee because um, I, I can't remember a function where you're not doing something. Uh, yes, I've been to uh, every Grand Craft Congress since 1995. Um, with the foundation, either I've been a part of the events committee or in 2017, um, when the Congress was in New Orleans, um, being responsible for the team that was responsible for fundraising for the foundation. And we raised over $100,000 um, with that team, not only myself, but all the alumni and the collegiates who volunteers. So that was a great um, privilege to be a part of that. Um, and again, uh, 2019 was special. Uh, my family got to see me uh, get my silver helmet in Atlanta 
I, I lived in Atlanta. My family's in Atlanta. Uh, and to have my uh, sisters be there with one of my sisters being a brother, um, uh, cousins to my best friends um, being there is really um, an opportunity for them to see in person um, what I've been involved in because they have seen it externally um, from the outside and and to be able to be involved in that. So service to the organization has really been uh, a key thing for me. Uh, the fraternity has helped me grow as a person, um, both personally and professionally, and then giving back uh, is really one of the tenets for me. And, and kind of PVP has taken it to the next level because it's much more than a, um, it, it, the, you're on the board of directors. Um, so what, what do you think that Stacy Jordan um, brings to the, the board of directors that's, that's unique and would benefit Delta Sigma Phi? Well, like I said earlier, having served six years as a trustee, normally, um, you know, you go on the board, that is really your first board experience for a lot of people. Um, with the organization having two boards, one of them is the National Board of Directors and the Board of Trustees. So I bring six years of being able to understand that the decisions that you make is reflective of an organization um, because the board has two um, premises. One, you are making, as a part of the team, you're making decisions um, that was going to affect the whole of the organization. So you have to have an understanding of the governance and the roles that you do. Um, in respect to that governance. And, and of course, from an operational perspective, you provide your expertise um, to the board and help the staff in any way that you're able. And one of the things that the pandemic has allowed us to do is to be more technology focused. And so as a federal employee who's happened to be in IT, specifically cybersecurity, I bring my professional experience. Um, I supervise a staff of three to five people depending on the project. So bringing that skill um, into mentorship and being a leader for my staff into the team of being, you know, leading of the team of RVPs for, uh, and also working with committees and having, um, pointing people to a committee, which is, again, having led a committee and a subcommittee uh, within the foundation. And then also one of the tenets that we um, have in our organization is we want to have diverse leaders. And me um, being in the fraternity, as long as I've been in the fraternity, uh, there's not been uh, many uh, people of color, specifically black females on our national board of directors. And so being elected will allow me to bring my experience and my voice to the national board. That's a little bit different from others. Do you think currently the board reflects its its the diverse membership? Right now it doesn't. And I think that that's one of the challenges the board knows that um, when uh, this past summer that they did an update or really a amplification of its um, you know, statement on diversity is one of the additional things is to clear out is to ensure that we do have diversity in our elected membership. Um, right now, um, we have Anuka Ebay as past grand president and Corey Vasquez as the 2020 uh, collision of the year, but we've never had a black female on our national board of directors. Even in the RD days, there's never been a black female. So really to be able to be the person that people look to and say, wow, I can ascend to that role 
because sometimes you have to have someone in a position to think that that's attainable um, for you to achieve. And so we've had um, quite a few African-American females as RVPs, but we've never ascended to the National Board of Directors. And being on the Board of Directors um, seems like it's a lot of fun, but the, the past couple of years, it's also um, received a lot of criticism for, for some of their uses of power. And I'm, I'm specifically talking about their, their use of emergency power and the fact that um, they have exercised that um, what's in the bylaws three times in the past two years. And some people are concerned that that is more times than it's ever been used in our hundred year plus history. Um, I just wanted to get your take on that. That first time it was used two years ago after Congress, when the Congress said no to a, a proposal and at the next retreat, I think it was about a month later, the um, board of directors reversed that decision using emergency powers and, and wanted to get your thoughts on whether you thought that was needed or appropriate or um, whether or not we should be governing um, by the use of emergency powers. So let me talk about the overarching use of emergency powers. Uh, the fraternity has it set up in, in case of extenuating circumstances. Um, in the case of the pandemic, uh, we've had to use emergency powers to allow our chapters to have flexibility to be able to have a ritual not in person because I'm a DD for George Washington Zyro. They have not been on campus since March of 2020. So if we did not exercise that opportunity, they would not have been able uh, to have new members um, for almost a year now, which is will be three semesters. So um, when you use a, you know, emergency powers to allow our organization to conduct our regular functions, um, that is a good means for that because the board has to be agile enough to understand what is the big impact of us not um, exercising um, the emergency powers in order to uh, keep the operations going. You know, our collegiate chapters are our biggest constituents and we want to make sure uh, that uh, they are able to do what they need to do in terms of membership. Um, in respect to uh, the decision on the changes to ritual um, that occurred after the Atlanta GCC. I think that um, there was a lot of things that went into the board having to exercise that power. And I think that, you know, there's a concern about transparency, uh, whether or not the delegates was provided the uh, necessary information in order to make an informed decision at Grand Chapter Congress. And that's why, you know, really in this time, um, that we need to really um, be able to um, make sure that any major decisions um, that's occurring, um, that everyone is aware of those impacts um, prior to decisions um, being made. Uh, with, with respect to that decision in 2019, um, there was information provided by our insurance provider uh, that um, really, uh, when the board um, looked at what the, the, the delegates at that Grand Chapter Congress decided, it was in the best interest um, from a financial perspective um, to, to initiate the emergency powers. 
And so overall, obviously, uh, making sure that our constituents, which is the Collegiate Alumni Chapter, um, that our delegates at Grand Chapter are involved in the process. But, you know, again, there is certain situations in which, you know, for the benefit of the organization uh, that emergency powers may be necessary to execute. Now you um, being historically involved in Delta Sigma Pi, you have a lot of institutional knowledge and you know what the Congress had to do on a previous ritual um, issue. And, you know, the fact that in that case, emergency powers was never invoked and it was a very lengthy, painful process, but eventually it got done. It took more than one Congress and, and you know what I'm talking about. But um, if you were in the room uh, with that, at that moment for emergency uh, powers being put on the table, I'm gonna put you on the spot here and Stacy and ask you, you know, what would you have done if, if you were in that room when they were calling that vote? Well, I probably, and I, I know exactly, you know, being in the fraternity since 1993, yes, I've been involved in uh, 97, 2001 votes. Um, my my second Congress, which is the first as an alumni, um, I was the third delegate um, because previous to the current governance structure that we had, we had many bylaws and ritual proposals. And we, we were in New Orleans and pretty much the third delegate was there till like one and two o'clock in the morning um, because of the sheer length of proposals that was going on um, to changing the different parts of our ritual that we no longer have now. And so uh, I, like I said, um, it is when you're in the room, you, you can provide your, your feedback based on your experience. And then you have to, you know, weigh what's the, the best for the fraternity um, again. Um, we we want to have a fraternity, not just, you know, we've been around uh, since, you know, 1907, and we want to be around, you know, past uh, both of us being here. And so uh, really, you know, again, um, from what I understand of the situation um, that occurred, it was, you know, looking at the information that was provided by our insurance provider um, in terms of what, you know, those changes in our ritual um, would be imposed because again, um, there were some issues um, that was identified by some of our chapters um, about how ritual um, has been interpreted. And so we don't want to lose recognition across um, any schools because of um, some um, policies that might be inconsistent. And you mentioned um, transparency. Um, how do you think what would you do differently to um, encourage transparency or to have a more transparent organization? I think transparency comes both ways. I mean, obviously, even in my job as a supervisor, there's things um, that I can't um, communicate per se to my, you know, to my staff, but you really give them the understanding of the decisions process, or what goes into the decision. I think sometimes people just think we just anyone who is in a, a high level of leadership, that there is um, decisions that are made without any considerations of others. And when individuals understand that feedback is provided and received, 
um, on a decision, people understand it more. And so if you let people know, hey, we are thinking about doing X, how do you feel? And getting you know, feedback from that and then incorporating what you have heard from your constituency into the decision-making process. You know, at the end of the day, as you know, being, um, being a past president of the trustee board, uh, we all have to stand by the decision and being able to provide that input and knowing that you as an individual, if you've gotten it from um, a variety of different um, consistencies and, and having those consistency understand, hey, this is what has happened. Um, we did take you know, feedback from a variety of different sources to come up to the decision that at the end of the day, that is the best, you know, and, and being able to communicate that, you know, one of the things I want to do, um, if elected as PVP, is to have a quarterly, you know, um, opportunity to speak with the, the chapters in the province, uh, let them know these are some of the, the things that we're working on. And so if you have any input, you know, sending that through your, um, you know, through the command of the DD, communicating it back to the RVP, or if they feel more comfortable communicating that to me directly, that way, um, if there's any major decisions that is going to have an impact, that people, you know, have an idea of those decisions and be able to provide that feedback, which will help me as I communicate that on the national board. Looking at the uh, the candidate beacons, I noticed that your particular race has the the most competition for it. And it seems like it's going to be the the competition there to watch because there there's right now three hats in the ring, um, so good luck. Um, what what would you, without talking about you know other folks, what would you say Stacy Jordan brings to the PVP table uh, for the Northeastern Province? Uh, that is something important that they need to know. Well, again, um, both of the, my other um, individuals are current RVPs. I've served in that role. Um, like I mentioned, um, I bring in um, experience being um, a trustee and being on the trustee board. So uh, it, it is that that experience is, as I put in my platform, I will on day one understand what it's like to serve on a board because I've done that. Um, being able to um, provide an individual who has seen the evolution of the organization um, from when we did not have female grand presidents to two female grand presidents, when we did not um, have a African-American as a, as a candidate for grand president to being elected um, president, uh, to having uh, where we did not have a you know, a lot of roles that's filled. And so I think that each of us brings different perspectives um, to the role. And like I said, in the time that we are going through um, where we are looking at, at our organization uh, critically uh, with our, pro you know, strategic priorities and making sure uh, that um, DEI and the Leadership Foundation is throughout whatever we do in those four pillars, I am that person who has um, the necessary experience to really meet the moment that we're in right now. It's not just a moment, it's a movement. It right. is. Um, but throw, but a, throw a Hamilton reference in when I can. Yeah, and it is. But you again, you have to have the right individual to be able to steer the ship. And, uh, you know, again, 
the future of our fraternity looks bright, um, but at the same time, we also need to have someone who has, you know, the right skills, the right knowledge, the right abilities, because uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, to be able to represent not only your province, but if I go to the, the South or I go to the West, or I go to the South Central or the North Central, um, there is a gravitas that um, I bring to the table um, and being able to engage um, different leaders um, who may feel that they are not represented at the table. And if we wanted more information about Stacy or your campaign, where would we go? Uh, I am on Instagram as S-T-A-C-Y-J-D-S-P. I'm also has a campaign website. It is stacyjordan-dsp.com. And there's also a Facebook page. So if you go to any one of those avenues, my website also has information from some of the postings um, that I have done on Instagram. Um, so it's that cross-pollination. Uh, and also um, I, I am reachable by email as well if you want me to talk uh, you know, personally to your tractor, it is Stacy J four F O R N E P B P at gmail.com. Oh, cool. Stacy, thank you for your, your time today. Um, is there anything else you think you, you need to say that I haven't asked you about that you would like to get your message out? Well, I just want the chapters in the Northeast um, province to know that if I'm elected as your PVP, you're definitely going to have a brother who's going to listen uh, to your concerns, not only the collegiates, but also the alumni. I really want to engage everyone. I want everyone to feel that they are a part of the province and a part of the leadership that we want to have because, you know, uh, as being someone who has uh, lived in the province since March of 2008, uh, the province has been the province of champions and we have been able to win um, a lot of national awards. We've had uh, a provincial, you know, at least two provincial and national quarries um, to serve on the national board of directors and really want to uh, encourage uh, all of the brothers to be engaged or for those who haven't been engaged to be re-engaged. And, and I love the organization um, and to really have the opportunity to, to be the next PVP will be an honor and a privilege. And, and I wanna ask um, that you guys uh, give me an opportunity to serve in this role and let's make history together. Well, Stacey, um, best of luck to you. I know these are crazy historic times and we've never had an election virtually before. So um, lots of interesting challenges and I wish you the best luck um, navigating through all of these obstacles. Uh, thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast because I think, you know, with it being a virtual uh, election season, you know, people having the opportunity to go out and see um, and hear from us personally, if they don't see us in person, um, to be able to, to, you know, have some, some information about us and so they can make intelligent decisions when it comes to voting in August. Well, Stacey, thank you for your time. And that brings this edition of Eddie's podcast to an end. We'll see everybody else next week. Mm -hmm.